I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. As usual, I am your host, Liam, or at the FSA Tweets on Twitter. And as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Rich, at Dynasty Island on Twitter. Rich, how are you doing? How did week two treat you? Uh, yeah, I, I'm doing very well. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed week two. I felt I felt that week one was, I think I said, overwhelming. Um, I needed to get my head round uh, re-watching three three tv screens at the same with the jets game and red zone and the game i wanted to pay attention on and, and trying to catch up and everything in the week um but yeah I, I felt like i got my head around it this week and then uh yeah fantasy wise i had an absolute shocker um i don't know about you but uh yeah it was it was pretty abysmal in terms of wins and things so yeah how how, how was your week uh, my week two was better than week one, um, both for fantasy and in football terms. The Packers obviously won and beat the uh, the Bears, which is always a nice victory to have. Um, and then fantasy-wise, 
I don't know how you did, but I went 23 and 10 in my leagues, including like things like uh, playing against the median and stuff, some crazy leagues that I'm in. So 23 and 10 and then in Dynasty, which is probably more apt, I went 13 and 7. Um, so I'm looking to see whether I need to start those rebuilds now um, in some of those leagues. How about you, Rich? How did you do in your uh, Dynasty League specifically? I had a 45% win rate this week, which was, sorry, 43.9% win rate, which shows you how bad a week I had. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot worse than the 64% I was last week. So, yeah, not not great. Um, I think having zero Alan Ross in Brown, zero... Uh, not zero to her, but almost zero to her. Zero Jalen Waddle. I think I've got totally. one share of Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Uh, I think I've got one share of Nick Chubb. Like it's, it, it wasn't a good week. All, all the big scorers <laughs> I basically didn't roster. So yeah, let's 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 move on and let's talk about my my fantasy weeks. Well, you've mentioned a few of the top scorers, um, so we may as well just dive straight into that. So um, as usual, we go over the high scorers from the week. We use four-point touchdown for quarterbacks and no tight end premiums, just standard PPR for everything else. So quarterback position, we started off with Lamar Jackson with a 42.6-point game, um, and then Tua with a 40.9% game. Those two quarterbacks were playing each other. Um, what an absolute comeback for the Dolphins. Um, to approving that he can have that ceiling. And then Jalen Hurts with a 34-point game against uh, the Vikings on Monday, one, one of the two Monday Night Football uh, games, Rich. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts was incredible, wasn't he? I think it was as much that, you know, we all knew he, he had the rushing talent, but I think AJ Brown has, has unlocked something there and I was really impressed with him as a, as a passer. Um and yeah, I think he's. Look, I'm still a little bit nervous about that two first round picks that Philadelphia is floating with uh, heading into next year. But I think look, if he carries on this for another couple of weeks, he could easily be cracking that top five dynasty QB. He's not quite there yet, but he's getting there. Um, and then at the running back position, you've got Nick Chubb with a monster game of 32.3 points. Aaron Jones just 0.3 points behind him at 32, bang on the dot. Um, Rich, I predicted a massive Aaron um, AJ Dillon game, got the wrong running back. Um, but yeah, he he absolutely had a monster game over 100 yards on the ground and used in the passing game a lot too. Yeah, he can just do everything, can't he? I think we've talked about it over the last two years, about it being a two-year contract. And I think we talked slightly about... Then restructuring some money meant kind of open the door to maybe he's back next year. And I think if he keeps playing like this, I see no way that the Packers let him go. And I think that he's going to be, you know, on the Packers next year because, as you said, he he is a multifaceted back. He can be used in the passing game, in the running game. And what I've been so impressed with, with the Packers through two weeks is the fact that they're getting both of them on the field at the same time. Um, you know, we we don't often see two running backs yes we see teams use a full back or a tight end in the backfield as a sort of h back but you know for floor to be actually getting them both on the field in a true running back sense and, and getting them the ball is uh it's nothing but impressive it's something that packers fans have been calling for more of since jamal williams was in that backfield with aaron jones um a lot more pony personnel which is the two running backs on the field um just 
seeing that it finally come into fruition i mean over the past few years it's slowly crept up in a percentage of snaps over the season but yeah this year it is way more prominent and obviously that's coming down to the lack of wide receiver um i suppose depth upside whatever you want to say that that room is just not as good as you want so you've got to have the two best playmakers on your offense beside the quarterback on the field at that uh, basically every opportunity um and then moving over to the running back three you've got tony pollard 19.8 points um he had a long um sideline sprinting touchdown rich um what do you see for pollard and zeke elliott going forward I think that I've got to choose my words carefully here. I think this <laughs> could be a really sneaky buy high for Pollard in that he's had a good week. He's finished as the RB3. It was a weird running back week in that we only had two guys score over 20 points. It was wild that, what do you say, 19 points was, was the RB3. That's pretty wild. But it's a sneaky buy high window because... Yes, Pollard was fantastic. We all know that he's been fantastic when he's got the opportunity. But I think for me, the most impressive thing was that this was a 50-50 share in terms of the backfield on Sunday. He had a 45.7% opportunity share. He saw seven targets, which is wild. Yes, part of that is Cooper Rush being the quarterback, but Pollard's being used as a receiver on about 32% of his snaps at the moment which, you know, that's usually a number that's reserved for like a JD McKissick. He lines up as a receiver about 30 to 40% of his snaps. If we're going to see Tony Pollard used in those sort of creative ways and he's still getting the rushing work, I think there's more to come. And, you know, we've talked about the Cowboys could move on from Zeke at the end of the year. Yes, Tony Pollard is a free agent, but I think that the more I see from Tony Pollard, the more I think that, there's going to be a role for him this season, but I'm more excited about him next season, whether that's the Cowboys pay him to stay around or whether that's, he's the kind of guy that's, you know, going to get a decent contract in free agency as a running back. And and I think that the more we see from him, the more I'm convinced that he's not just going to be a 1B next year. I think he's going to be a, you know, a, at the worst a 1A or, you know, hopefully a true number one. And I think he's going to get that opportunity. So, yes, you're you're sort of buying high because I think people are probably going sell high on Tony Pollard. He had one, you know, long touchdown as you touched on. He's he's you know he's this is Zeke's backfield. But I think that I'd happily pay a second for him. I'm not paying a first, but I think you can probably get him for you know whether you're looking to pivot off somebody that's maybe a little bit of a sell high like a, a Ceh or an Antonio Gibson. And then you can get Tony Pollard plus something. That's probably a move I'm trying to make at the moment. Yeah, with um, with Zeke having an out next year for I think it's about five million cap saving, and then the year after you've got about an eight mil. Um, it's totally a move I can see them making. Moving over to the wide receiver position, it was a high scoring wide receiver um, week, Rich. So you had Stefan Diggs at forty four point eight points. Um, then you had Tyreek Hill at 42 and Jalen Waddle at 40.1. So um, two Dolphins wide receivers, as we said, two had a great game. Um, I don't think anyone really expected both of them to be in the top um, <laughs> in the top three at any point in the season. But what a great well, when, week. 
when two has played 25 career games and throws 18% of his career touchdowns in one game. Um, it's, it's <laughs> some would say it's some, some sort of an outlier. Um, so yeah, it's let's, let's not expect this from two every week. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I think you're crazy if you're expecting this from two every week. Um, and then moving over at the tight end position, Mark Andrews, 25 point, uh, seven points to the tight end one. So a normal suspect there. Darren Waller, 17 points, and then Zach Kurtz of 15.5. So uh, no surprise names, really, tight end-wise. I suppose you could really say Zach Kurtz a little bit. I'd see, I'd expect him in the top three every so often. Um, moving over to the significant news. So um, unfortunate news for Trey Lance. He broke his ankle during the, uh, during the game. It was very early on. I believe it was in the first quarter. So he's out for the season. He has had um, season-ending and uh, season-ending surgery on the ankle. So it's a shame because we really wanted to see what Lance was going to do, and now it's going to come to three years worth of um, basically no games for for Lance. He's had about what four games, I believe it is, at this point now. Yeah, it's it's brutal, isn't it? And I, I I'm really struggling with what to do with Lance right now. You know, normally I'd be sitting here saying. If you're a rebuilder, go out and buy him. I, th- I think he's going to get the opportunity next year. Obviously, Jimmy G's a free agent into the end of the year, and it's it's hard to see the 49ers saying, right, th- four games of Trey Lance is enough. We're not going to see him again, having traded three first-round picks to go and get him. So I, I think he's the starter next year. And I think that whilst I've not got particularly high hopes about him as an NFL quarterback now, having, as you said, not really played for three years, I still have those high hopes for him as a rushing quarterback. I think that rushing talent isn't going anywhere. But I I just don't know what the price is. I mean, have you... I've seen a couple of trades like around the Kirk Cousins range. I think I've seen people pay. I've seen Trevor Lawrence. For me, I'd, I'd much rather Trevor Lawrence over Trey Lance right now. I've seen, I've seen both Lawrence and sorry, I've seen Lawrence and Fields both straight up for Lance. So um in my mind I'm taking both of those. I think Fields is probably the one that's about level for Lance right now. Um or, or I say about level, about the closest. Um I'd still have Lance about three or four spots below um Fields just from the point of view for the rest of the season as well as um, what I kind of expect the Bears to do next year with all that cap space, but yeah, if you're if you're getting in for one twenty three first, would you do that, Rich? I think I would. As in Lance. Um, yeah, I think I would. I think you know I always say that I don't like to project first round picks, but we're getting to the point. I normally start to do it around week four, um, so we're getting to the point. I I probably wouldn't pay a top six pick for Lance right now. Um, I'm just thinking there's three quarterbacks I'd like. There's Bijan Robinson, Keishon Booty, um, Jackson Smith and Jigba. So yeah, I'd, I'd probably pay like a a pick eight, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 for him. I don't think I'd pay a top seven. Um, moving on, another quarterback that got injured during his game was Justin Herbert. He managed to stay in. This was during the Thursday night game. Um, so we have seen some news. It looks like his ribs, um, just something to keep an eye on. We're not sure whether it's, he's going to be ready for week three after a, a longer NFL week, but um, just something to keep an eye on. 
Dalton Schultz um, over in Dallas had a PCL sprain, so could be long-term, could also be two to four weeks and, and could linger. So we don't really know at this point. Um, just waiting for more information there. Rich, this is another Cowboys weapon that got injured. Yeah, it's a brutal season for the Cowboys offense, isn't it? Um, look, it's it's tough, but I, I kind of feel like you might be needing to pivot off Schultz if you're looking to contend this year. This is the injury, obviously, that Zeke had last year and he was able to play, but he certainly wasn't the same player. And I think that Schultz is probably going to carry on playing for the rest of the year, but I don't think he's going to put up the stat lines that that you want. And I think that it, it might pain you to do it, but if you've got Schultz, you're probably hoping that he was a top four tight end this year. And I think you probably need to go out and, and buy a Darren Waller or someone like that, um, you know, maybe buy back some years and go get Pat Fryermuth. Do you think you get Pat Fryermuth plus a pick maybe for someone like Dalton Schultz? Um, maybe this injury has probably hindered that a little bit, but yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe a third at, at least. I think you need to, if I was him, if I was a, a Schultz owner, I think I'd wait till he was, you know, confirmed that he was basically going to play on Sunday, which I expect to come sort of Thursday, Friday, and then I'd be quite active trying to move him because um, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned that he's, he's basically not going to be that elite tight end that, that we'd hoped um, and then, you know, we, we talk about the contract situation, obviously quite a lot, but it's it's uncertain. Um, I'm just looking up now. Yeah, he's he's playing on the franchise tag, isn't he? So yeah. coming off an injured year where he's probably not going to put up stats, he's probably not going to get the long-term contract he hoped, which is always slightly concerning. So yeah, I think I'm, I'm pivoting off Schultz and, and going and getting hopefully somebody else. <laughs> I think that's a good move. Um and then some other news around the league. You've got James Connor. He left the game with an ankle injury. It's not considered serious, but Darrell Williams came in um, and looked like the Darrell Williams that left um, Kansas City last year. I don't know what's happening with the 1B role. That looks to be Eno Benjamin's role all over, and then they just swap out um, James Connor for Darrell Williams. So... Uh, just something to monitor there, because if James Conner is out, Darrell Williams is probably the guy to own in Arizona. And then Jerry Judy as well um, left the game with a chest slash sternum injury. Um, looks like he could be back, but we really have no information whatsoever. So you've just got to keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on Ian Rappaport on Twitter um, and Adam Schefter to see whether there's any more information that comes out during the week. But Rich, that's it for the news. So let's move over to the Dynasty stock market. Um, as usual, we look at the risers and fallers here. So let's start with the risers. We've got two rookies on our list. Um, we'll start with Drake London, who I'm sure we'll speak about a little bit more later, not to rub it in a little bit too much. Um, <laughs> but he had a 48% target share you put on here, Rich. He had an absolute monster game. Um, the thing I want to know is... What's happened with Kyle Pitts? Is London taking all that share? Um, well, it's. I think it's it's slightly <laughs> ridiculous, isn't it? I love the uh, Arthur Smith quote of, you know, we're we're not out here trying to win fantasy football. We're out here trying to win games, and it's like, okay, well, you're not doing either, quite frankly. So may, maybe use the guy you drafted in top four a bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I think look, Drake Drake London was incredible. We we had high hopes for him coming out. 
Uh, I, he's not playing the role I expected. I, I know I've said this a few times, but I really expected him to get more usage out of the slot, and he's just not at all. He's, he's just being used as an outside X receiver, which is incredible. Um, you know, when you think that what he's doing in his second game, commanding a 48% target share is absolutely wild. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm really hopeful that he he's going to, you know, continue to produce. He's, he's a top 12 dynasty wide receiver now. And, you know, that that's that might sound kind of hyperbole and slightly ridiculous to say, but that's that's absolutely where he is. Um it's it's you know, the the breakout is coming as such. I've definitely moved him up. I don't think I've got him in my top twelve, but I think I've got him around the fourteen, fifteen mark, so he's right on that cusp. And yeah, I, I put out a tweet early, um earlier and just said I was wrong on Drake London. He he my separation worries were too sceptical and um, I should have been all in on London from the go but moving over to the guy that I had above Wilson and above London in rookie drafts in my rookie rankings was Garrett Wilson who also had an absolutely amazing game Uh, 14 targets for eight receptions Rich I'm going to pass this over to you because you're a Jets fan you would have been watching the game it was a great game from what I've heard and just over to you yeah, it's everything that we'd hoped Garrett Wilson would be coming out. You know, he showed fantastic separation, route running ability. He he was able to, you know, show that elite speed and, and get open deep. And he was, you know, it's everything. He was sitting in zones and, and he's fantastic at the catch point. I think this is a high watermark. I don't think we're expecting this moving forward. Uh, I think that this offense is going to be a little bit more balanced. I expect Elijah Moore to see a little bit more in terms of target share over the next couple of weeks. But look, we were both super high on Garrett Wilson, and and this is everything you you could have dreamt it would be coming out. Quite frankly, moving over to the Fallers, Rich. Um, we'll start off at the quarterback position. Russell Wilson, not what people were expecting all the way through the off season. Um, people myself included, were expecting the Broncos to come out strong, maybe even take a run into the playoffs and the Super Bowl in a tough division. Um, Yes, that was really my prediction for the Super Bowl, was the Broncos from the AFC. But for us, he's not doing very well right now. He's just being really lackluster, which is unsurprising, which is very surprising, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying hard for this not to sound like a victory lap, but it's 100% a victory lap in that <laughs> look, I, I had my big concerns in the off-season. I thought that Russell Wilson was on decline and and he's looked every part of it. I've, I've been really unimpressed with him so far this year. I think from a stats perspective, he's due some touchdown regression. Uh, it's basically only Matt Ryan has thrown for more yards with fewer touchdowns. Um, that will be coming. Uh, so you know he's QB twenty on the season. We're going to see a slight bounce back, but yeah, I'm I'm concerned that this is Russ moving forward, and I think that for me he's no longer a top twelve quarterback. I think he's in that Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins tier rather than the Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers tier that that we were hoping he'd be coming into the year. I mean, I, w- I was about to say, what would you have said if I said if I told you this in the off season? But you would have just been gloating completely in the off season. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to even entertain that conversation. Um, 
So Chase Edmonds is another fallie you've put on this list. Why have you got Chase Edmonds on as a faller now? Because he's he's not producing. Uh, <laughs> Ray, Ray Moster had sixty percent opportunity share on Sunday. Um, he did. Yeah, he's had he's had two poor stat weeks. Chase Edmonds. We thought that this was you know last week he didn't produce the stats, but he had all the work and this was his backfield to own. And then coming into this week, he, he's just not. Um, you know, the fact that Raheem Mostert's getting 60% of the opportunity share and Chase Edmonds down at 36, that's really concerning. Does that mean this is a split backfield moving forward? I still think Chase Edmonds is the 1A. I still think that he's going to see more work than Mostert for the rest of the years. I mean, Sunday was a wild game for the Dolphins. <laughs> I'm not sure we could really be taking was. too many lessons from that game. But I am really concerned that like, I've been banging the drum for Chase Edmonds as a you know a screaming value all off season. I worry that you know he's not going to be that fringe you know solid RB two with upside. I think he's probably going to be that fringe RB two flex, which which is painful to say. Yeah, I I put a tweet um, before the game saying that this is the week, as in week two, was the week that Chase Edmonds really needed to show that he was either going to lead this backfield or whether we would know that Raheem Mostert would be more of a concern for Chase Edmonds's uh, share. And it turned out that it was the, the, the latter there. So Mostert really needs to, or Chase Edmonds, sorry, really needs to beat out Mostert because otherwise I don't really want to own either of these. I think these are that there are they're like low side, uh, low upside flex plays. I don't think either of them are. If they keep up like they are, I don't think either of them are going to um, really have boom weeks. I think they're just going to get a standard what ten to fifteen points, which isn't too bad in a flex. But I think I'd rather some upside um, at that flex spot. So moving um, on to Juju Smith Schuster. Um, a guy both of us were really high on, probably me more so. I don't know um, how high you actually were before the offseason, Rich, but he's not performing right now. Um, I know you've been calling an MVS breakout uh, last <laughs> week. Coming. So. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I still believe. Um, I, th- I think this Chiefs offense, unfortunately for us kind of fancy guys, it's it's going to be really difficult to pick. You know, I think it's... It's impressive the bit the way they're sharing the ball around. You know, we're seeing the running backs getting used in the receiving game. They've obviously got, you know, I mean, Justin Watson. Did anybody start him in fantasy scoring touchdowns? Um, I think look, if the fact that they've got four or five receiving options is probably great for them from an NFL perspective. From us, for a fantasy perspective, I'm not sure I particularly want to own any of the receivers in this this kind of receiving room at cost maybe mvs just because he's the cheapest but i'm concerned about juju i don't think he's going to get the target share for him to be hugely fancy relevant i'm concerned that sky Moore is basically not seeing the field um i'm concerned that mvs whilst the peripherals are there he's running the right amount of routes he's getting decent air yards he's not yet put the game together so it might change over the next couple of weeks and we see one or two bodies basically carve out a role moving forward. But as we speak, 
it's 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 a big concern moving forward. Yeah, as you said, I think this is a really hard offense in terms of the um, passing options to pin down. I mean, I'm looking through their stats. They all have about a 15% target share. Um, MVS and Juju Smith-Schuster both have 11 targets. Hardman has 10. So it's just a matter of who is going to actually take some of these to the house on on, on any given week. And 15% target share on the season isn't uh, isn't what I was expecting from Juju. But if any one of these can take a step up in that target share, they are going to be the one that you should own. It just really depends on who that is going to be each week. Um, Then a name that people probably won't like us bringing up here after two games, Rich, but Kyle Pitts, um, myself and Paul Picken, when you weren't here, you were off gallivanting somewhere with your family, I believe it was, um, had a difficult conversation um, about Kyle Pitts and what happens if he doesn't um, show up as people expect. And I'm not taking a victory lap because I fully expect Kyle Pitts to bounce back, but he's only had four receptions in two games. Is this something we need to worry about right now? Yeah, yeah, massively. If, if I was to say to you that he's behind Johnny Munt, Eric Sober, and Pharaoh Brown in fantasy points after two weeks, I think you'd be quite rightly um, concerned. I fully expect a huge Carl Pitts game this week. I think so much has been made of him basically not getting used through two games. I don't know who the Falcons have got. I haven't looked at my ranks for this week, but I really believe that he's going to break out and, and do so in a big way. So yes, I I still believe, but look, we've we've you could you have got to be concerned because look, we, you know he's, he's the Seahawks. By the, way. the Seahawks, there you go, perfect for a massive breakout week. Look, he's the dynasty tight end one. He's been there pretty much all off season. You know, he's the second coming of Jesus. <laughs> let's let's hopefully see it this week but yeah you you can't have that production through two weeks and not be seriously concerned so kyle pitts is the tight end jesus i'm going to have to put that on the the podcast tweet or somewhere to do with this podcast okay we can have we can get t-shirts made up Lim. <laughs> uh final four you put on this list rich is darnell mooney um this is a guy that a lot of people were high on I don't know whether this comes down to the offense, whether it comes down to the play calling or whether it comes down to Mooney himself. Yeah, I think all three. Um, look, I, he is the 100, 127th receiver in fantasy right now, which is slightly ridiculous. Look, the, a lot of this, look, we can talk about target shares, we can talk about volume of targets and all that kind of thing. And and yes, it gives us some insight and, and he's not doing well on either of those. But at the end of the day, the overall pass attempt number still plays into that, you know. And the, the Chicago Bears are averaging 14 pass attempts per game. I think there's probably drives. I think, you know, I know the Browns had a 14-play drive. There's drives that are longer than 14 pass attempts long. <laughs> it's ridiculous. The NFL average is 35 attempts per game at the moment. So they're 21 pass attempts below the average. The second lowest is 26 pass attempts per game. It's just what the Bears have done through two games. And yes, I get that they've had 
a monsoon bowl against the 49ers in week one, which which is skewed the stats, but like they it, threw more in that game than they did against yeah, the Packers. Exactly. You it, can't it, really use that as an excuse anymore. It's absolutely wild. Um I think it's a potential buy low opportunity for Darnell Mooney, but I I don't particularly want any parts of this offense until I've seen it a couple of weeks because you know, even if Mooney goes and produces this week, you know, can you trust him to start in week four? Can you trust him to start in week five? Like, I just don't know. And yeah, I, I'm I've never been the biggest Mooney believer. Um, so I'm I'm concerned and I think his his dynasty price is certainly falling at the moment. I don't really know what happened in this game for the Bears. I mean, they came out in their scripted first drive, went, drove down the field, scored a touchdown. And I kind of thought, okay, that was a good drive, but I want to see what they do when they're unscripted. And they just went three and out, three and out, three and out. It was awful. They they didn't move the ball, um, I believe, until late into the second quarter, even in the in early in the second half. I just don't know what they're doing. Um, I mean, they got away from the run game, which didn't help them whatsoever. But you can't have Justin Fields throwing for eleven passes um, in in a week where they're behind basically all game apart from after that first drive. Just if if Fields starts passing more, I can see Mooney getting more of the ball. But I think the wide receiver to own through two weeks is actually Equinemius St. Brown, EQ St. Brown. Um, he's been shown as the intermediate type of route runner and Darnell Mooney from the game that I just watched. He looked like he was just down on deep roots and that was it. There wasn't really much else. So if I if Mooney and the Bears start passing more, it'll create more deep shots, but also I don't know whether he's going to be the uh, wide receiver one here. I just think it's going to be a, a wild mess at that wide receiver position for the Bears. Um, Rich, player of the week. Um, so we both pick a player. Who have you got this week as your player of the week? My player of the week um, is is a guy that I loved in the offseason. Um and he's he's yet to break out. I appreciate I'm talking about. I've got a lot of guys that are, are, the breakout is coming, but I absolutely believe the breakout is coming for this guy. And it's Chris Olave. Um, if I was to tell tell you that five players since 2016 have had a game with 300 plus air yards, and Chris Olave is one of them in his second game in the NFL, how much would your mind be blown there? I would say it's blown. Yeah. Easily blown. But not only did he have 300 air yards, it was it was actually more impressive. He had 334 air yards. Like that's that's wild. A 200 yard air yard game is like mind blowingly good. He's getting the deep threat shots. He is everything we hoped he would be. He just needs to put it together. And James Winston was wild on Sunday. Yes, Chris Olave catching a ball, tripping over and fumbling. It didn't help his stat line. But, you know, he he had a 32% target share. Like, everything is there. He's doing everything. He is running at a ridiculously high root participation rate. Like, everything you want to see from a wide receiver, he is doing. 
He just needs to put it all together and put the fantasy points on the board, which feels slightly ridiculous when we're saying that of a guy in his second NFL game. So like, I, th- I think he's about to blow up. In the way we talked about Garrett Wilson and Drake London now being top 12 wide receivers, Chris Olave's got that potential within the next couple of weeks to be in the, I don't think he's ever going to be a top 12 wide receiver, but he's got that potential to be in the top 15. And if he can, you know, convert on some of this potential and and convert on some of these targets that he's getting, we're going to see some fantastic stat lines. And and I'm very hopeful of him over the coming, uh, coming weeks. So Rich, what would you pay for him right now with this whole hoping for a breakout or predicting the breakout, what would you pay? Because if you're predicting a breakout, you're essentially saying that you should be buying low on him right now and not have to do what you're doing with London and Wilson if you want to try and get them buying after the breakout. So what is that price that you're willing to pay right now for him? So I would pay anything other than a top four pick next year for him. I would take him straight up over Tyreek Hill. I would take wow. him straight straight up over Stefan Diggs. I would take him straight up over Mike Williams. Okay. You ruined my next game because I was pulling up ADP days so we could go through <laughs> one by one at some wide receivers. The problem um, you've got ADP data is so skewed at this point. I find it is I love don't get me wrong, I love ADP data. But as soon as you get in season, it is wild because it is. You know, these the ADP draft started three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, we hadn't had any NFL games, so it's really difficult to to get any sort of adjustments on value from from the ADP data. I completely agree, but I was just going to read out some names in that wide receiver <laughs> two area. Would you take him straight up over DJ Moore? That's tough because I love DJ Moore, but I think I probably would. I'm really concerned about DJ Moore. Michael Pittman? No, I'd take Pittman's my wide receiver 10 right now. So, no. I have a feeling this one might be a bit more clear for you. DK Metcalf. I've got him back to back. I've got Alave ahead of DK. Oh, oh, well. Okay. That's interesting to know. So, um, Basically, if you trust Rich's advice, go out and get Alave. Um, I'm going to go for my player now. So that is Christian Kirk. Um, He had six catches on all of his receptions. So he only had six um, targets as well for 78 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I mean, when you look at that target share, it's not huge. Um, But at the same time, I think, Kirk is now the go-to guy for Lawrence. I mean, I wanted an extra week to just see it, see what whether the week one um, boom week from Christian Kirk was genuine or whether it was just a flash in the pan. Um, but I think this week has really proven that point and doubled down on Christian Kirk going to be a big focal point for Trevor Lawrence. So, um, Rich, I'm not overly worried about the target share from last week, but I also um, do want to see more targets go his way just to be a bit more safe. 
Um, that being said, he did have 12 targets in his first game. and he, he literally dipped down to six. He halved his targets, but kept the exact same amount of receptions. So um, yeah, he's I, just a guy that... Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, look, I'm, I've, I've taken some victory laps today, but I'm, I'm happy to admit I was completely wrong on Christian Kirk. I, I said that, you know, from an NFL perspective, before people hammer me, I, I thought Russell Gage was a better NFL wide receiver than Christian Kirk. I still kind of believe that. But I think that, look, what Christian Kirk has done for two weeks, I think that Trevor Lawrence has absolutely taken that step for me. Um, I think that he is now producing what we'd hoped he would do last season as a rookie. And I think that a big part of that is he's got NFL competent receivers around him. He's got a you know a decent place caller. And I'm really hopeful that he's going to turn out to be the star. But Christian Kirk's impressed me. You know, he's running a wide variety of routes. He's getting the targets. And I think that, you know, he, he's now potentially one of those guys that you can go out and buy, you know, would you pay? I probably wouldn't pay two seconds, but you can probably get slightly on the cheap. Maybe one of those players that people are looking to sell high on because they're, they're not buying in long term. Um, and maybe you can you can have them weigh and get that sort of solid wide receiver two production at Dynasty wide receiver three prices because people don't think he's he's got the overall kind of elite upside that others would have. And, you know, the reasons we were criticizing him as a potential dynasty asset that could almost open a buy window and you can get better production than the price you've got to pay, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's a great, great call from you, Liam, and I'm, I'm really intrigued to see him over the coming weeks. Oh, thanks, Rich. <laughs> um, moving over to the uh, last segment that we have for you, listeners, is the flex off. So last week, um, we brought it in for the very first time. It's where me and Rich go head-to-head each week. Um picking a player that is in the flex consideration so we can't pick those studs so that includes the top 36 wide receivers top 24 running backs and the top 12 tight ends because it is flex we're not doing super flex no quarterbacks um and the way we're monitoring that is um fancy pros ecr for the weekly rankings um so we are as rich mentioned earlier we aren't using dynasty adp from three four weeks ago and that hasn't updated with the season so last week i'm proud to announce that the winner was myself with drake london um rich had some words with me about picking right at the top of um or right on the edge of i've got to get um, my excuses in allowed. Such, such a battering of week one so yeah it was an absolute battering rich so drake london as i predicted had a massive week as wide receiver 10 um on the week and he's now 24.6 points from that game and your MVS call, Rich, was wide receiver 91 with 3.3 um, points. So I can understand the process, Rich, but <laughs> you weren't. You just you just didn't win. So I'm going to give you. I'm going to be the honourable one, and I'm going to stop rubbing it in your face and let you pick the first guy um, in the flex off for this week. Thanks. Well, I've I've hyped him up enough. I've said that the breakout is coming, so I've kind of got to stick to my guns and put my money where my mouth is. So I'm going with Chris Olave. He's wide receiver 38 in ECR. 
I was tempted to cheat slightly. I noticed that Alvin Kamara is currently currently running back twenty five. I think it's because people are sure he's playing. I thought about can I will Liam let me steal Alvin Kamara and go away with that, but obviously not. Uh, so yeah, I'll go Chris Olave wide receiver thirty eight at the moment. I think he's due for hopefully that breakout game. Yeah, he's he's actually slipped further down. Kamara has he's now running back twenty nine. Um, just because still can't have another no, I, I was tempted, but no, I thought I better not because I know Rich would just try and get his uh, excuses in once again. But we've spoken enough about Alave. I think he's going to have a great week. Um, and if it's not this week, it will be soon. Um, I don't think you've got long to go out and buy him at his current price. I do think it's going to go up. Um, I'm going to go with a slightly more, I suppose, boring pick is probably the way that people will see this. And that's going to be Tyler Boyd currently wide receiver 15 ECR. Um, I think he's just a, a good kind of cheap flex buy that you can go out and get if you really need that um, stable flex spot. Um, and just to get those 10 to 15 points and every so often he'll get a touchdown and have that boom week. So I'm going to go with Tyler Boyd. As I said, quite a boring option and he just a normal slot receiver that probably won't see um, the targets to make him a wide receiver one or even a wide receiver two uh, in that top 24 range any given week. But I think he's going to be that stable, stable guy that if you've got a deep league, a deep starting bench or a deep starting lineup, Tyler Boyd, you can just slot, slot right in and expect anywhere between 5 and 15 points every game. So basically, Rich, I'm betting on Alave not breaking out <laughs> and we getting stable points. You've gone safe. Okay. What what would you pay for Alave at the moment in Dynasty? Because I think, you know, we're getting to that point with bye weeks, start coming in soon, sometimes having that, you know, first guy off the bench that, that is safe and stable is is appealing, um, should we say. What what would you be willing to go and get him if, if you need that plug and play flex? So are we on about Boyd, not Olave? Yeah, yeah. We've, we've yeah. talked about Olave's price. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about Boyd. You did say Olave because I know that I, you love I? him. So I, I just wanted to double check we're on Boyd now. I know you want to come back, but yeah, we're on Boyd. Um, I think you could probably nab him for a third, maybe two thirds. I think that's as far as I go. I don't think you can really warrant a second when you can, as you said earlier with Christian Kirk, you probably get him Christian Kirk for... A second, two seconds, maybe. Um, so just for that stable first guy off the bench, I think you could probably get him for two thirds, or you just throw in a third on top of a guy that you're trying to get rid of, um, and you're probably getting that accepted because, especially from a non competing team, he is what you would call a roster clogger. Rich, he's not someone that you want on your team if you can if you're not contending. So. I think two thirds is probably the max that I'd pay. I wouldn't go up to a second, um, but your most likely bet is going to be a, a random kind of bench player and a, a with a, with a bit of upside and a third round pick. Yeah, you could probably sell, you know, uh, one of those rookies that's not really done much, um, or maybe someone like a Carl Phillips that had a bit of hype after week one. You could maybe pivot off someone like that to a real rebuilding team to go and get a Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I like that move. So, Rich, that's all we have on the show sheet. Another short um, episode. So that's all we have for the dear listeners. Um, 
I just wanted to say a great work from the Five Yard Dynasty team. Uh, just to go check out all their work at Five Yard Dynasty. You can find this part when it comes out or the live stream when we go live on Tuesday at 8 o'clock. And you can find all their written work over there. It gets tweeted out from that account as well. And if you do want to um, ask us a question, we will be putting out tweets every week on a Monday to get some listener questions in so we can start answering them live on stream or uh, as the podcast. So that's it for this week, folks. But thank you for watching, listening, however you're consuming this podcast. And we'll see you next week. Stay safe. live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.